Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. I'm Jessica Balboni. And I'm Robert Nagawesco. And today is Sunday, August 29th, 2021. And we're talking about comics, as per usual. But first, let's talk about our weekends. How was your weekend? Oh, pretty good. Um, I bought Metallica tickets. Ooh, Metallica. Wait, are you going to that big show It's uh, Sacramento? No, no. Oh, okay. January 7th. Or but December seventeenth and nineteenth, they're celebrating their fortieth anniversary as a band, mm. and it's going to be at the Something Center in San Francisco. Oh, the Chase know. Center. Yeah, yeah, it is where the, the Chase Warriors play. It is the Chase Center. I've never been there, but uh, I mean, gotta go see Metallica. I'm going to see them at Aftershock. Is that that's the festival? That's the festival. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. But at least it's outdoors. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be <laughs> so. good. I mean, uh, this one. It requ- you're, you're required to have COVID vaccination to enter the show. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm not worried about that. I just want to see Metallica. And also festivals are not, to me, the best place. You get to yeah. see a lot of bands. Right. But with less focus, I guess. It's more like scattershot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're just completely different experiences. Yeah. Um, you, have, you actually have to see, you have to have a vaccination as well at the Aftershock Fest. And I think about half of the people won't be able to go now that want to go to Aftershock. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. excited about that. It's very interesting what will happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about seeing the show. Um, other than that, I don't think I did much. Yeah. I went to Hamilton on Friday. Ooh, yeah. that? It was great, except for uh, we took BART, which is the worst uh, mistake we took. It was, uh, I'm never taking BART ever again. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Decided public transportation is out for hard, me. Hard to get places without BART. Yeah, well, BART is terrible now. So, getting there was fine. Like, they actually have these, like, brand new trains. Yeah. And they're, like, really nice and really clean. But I thought they replaced all the trains. I was oh, wrong. No. no. <laughs> and, it's slowly, I think. Yeah, and they don't have any, like, train operators anymore, apparently, either. Are they called conductors on BART? Well, I mean, they're trains. They're yeah. just underground trains. Right, but... underground conductors. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, anyway, so on our way back, 
there was only like three trains that existed in, in the entirety of BART, apparently. Oh. So, and there's no more Richmond trains at night. Like, oh. there's only... So they scaled back the schedules. Yeah, they scaled back the schedules. But they don't tell you that anymore. Oh. They just... Uh, even, like, when we went to the Orpheum, they said, like, Bart's running again. Take Bart. We're like, okay, let's let's take Bart. And then we so we go with Spine on our way there. But on the way back, we had to take... Uh, the train was 45 minutes late getting to the station. And then... Uh, uh, when we transferred at 19th Street, it was another 45 minutes, like waiting at 19th Street. Well, so um, yeah, to uh, help you cope with uh, your public transport needs, let's talk uh, uh, problems. Let's talk about the Shang Chi trailer. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, what a segue! <laughs> what a segue! <laughs> so, uh, I mean, a guy with a laser looking katana slices a muni bus in half yeah, which I, is not bart muni is not bart no, different organizations different. i'd but. rather have been on that that uh that bus than the bus on, but. <laughs> not the one that flipped through the air though no maybe not that one but at least it would have been entertaining to watch that <laughs> yeah instead i, I so. had to watch uh this this really creepy <laughs> guy hit on like three different women and oh yeah then i've seen that before yeah and then my husband almost like get into a fight with him like over it that's fun yeah <laughs> well your husband can be shang chi yeah he can be shang chi <laughs> did he have a laser katana this guy no he had no, luckily he had no laser katana just a cell phone where he was trying to use it to translate to uh because he only spoke mostly spanish and he was like using it to try to hit on them he was, that's creative. He was even better. Yeah. Creative. And when one woman would say no, he would just go to the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I've seen, that's what I've seen exactly on BART is like a script that is directed at every single woman who walks in front of them. I've seen a guy do it like six times, the exact same words. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. This is a, really gross. You're like a. I don't know, like a machine gun with that or something. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna hit somebody. Like I right. don't know how to do this, I don't but know I'm if it's gonna, gonna work. But it's gonna work maybe eventually. Hit or hit on somebody. It's I not. I hope it doesn't work, but it's oh so gross. Just pure odds. It has to. There's one woman. Was so, she was so nice that she just like couldn't get him to go away, and I was just like sitting like with my hands like in my head, like just please, just please stop, just walk away, just please walk away. And then finally we had to say something because she just like, she looked so like nervous and upset. But she definitely needed, oh, and Shang-Chi. She needed Shang-Chi. Yes. So apparently we've been saying this wrong for 40 years. Yeah. Not Shang. <laughs> Not Shang-Chi. He explains it to Aquafina and she has a problem with it too. I guess. Yeah, it's not so. just us. Aquafina also says this wrong. So yeah, uh, in this last trailer, they give us a lot more comic relief uh, via... Aquafina. Yeah. Um, we see a little bit more of the abomination, uh, a lot more monsters in general. There's like that lion monster. Yeah, lion thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in that, just having sort of monsters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because mm -hmm. there or I mean, I don't know, whatever. I don't mean monster in like they're evil or whatever, because there's that dragon, it was, I'm yeah. sure. But just like creatures, mystical creatures and stuff like that, things that aren't these beings of science right per se mm -hmm. like maybe they are but i don't 
to me they're mythical it, yeah. it looks like more mythical side and definitely. definitely it seems like they're opening up to that in general you know with like Doctor Strange being in Spider-Man right. the Doctor Strange movie coming out Shang-Chi like it's gonna be hard to get just, to that <laughs> yeah but just all the ma magic and mystical elements like being allowed to come in now mm -hmm. which you know I mean when you look back at like how Marvel started it's like very like grounded grounded it's like you got two like people on the mm -hmm. team who like one's a bow and one's got guns it's right. like guy <laughs> science guy with shield man in robot suit like the whole four is like the craziest thing but like yeah now we're getting more of that and I, I, that's very cool to me yeah and it's i mean it all comes from like the like journey into mystery and amazing fantasy all of those ones had like the monster elements right all yeah. those like kirby monsters that he used to draw of course and so they're gonna bring i feel like they're gonna bring those into it now which is really fun i would love that because in all honesty they don't you know that is pre-marvel but they don't really like factor into i'm sure here and there they've done stuff but like you know they're, they're not a huge part of the marvel universe it's, no. it'll be an occasional enemy but it'd be like you know they've done all these events yet I can't think of like why haven't they done a monster event or you know what I mean yeah. like it seems like that stuff just isn't tapped into as much as it could be right I mean there's so much there but like yeah you have the rich history of monsters and yeah I mean and then it makes me think who knows are we gonna get a western someday you know like that'd be cool but that like be. it's like there is so much there that isn't ever tapped into yeah you know that it's like are the movies gonna be the ones to take those chances because right movies have a longer history of like the western than comics i would think I mean, or we think of it that way like comics are identified with superheroes but movies like the western is the american right myth that is the superhero is now taken right it's taken that like position as like no this is what we do yeah <laughs> i guess <laughs> i mean you they've know. tried it before and it hasn't worked out but they always have to add some kind of like machine element like the Will Smith. Oh, uh, God. yeah. Or uh, <laughs> Cowboys versus Aliens. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Just weird modern elements and stuff. Yeah, and it's like, that it doesn't work out. <laughs> no, but the best westerns have, like, a different speed. They're a different pace. Mm -hmm. You know, Ennio Morricone. Or, oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, uh, Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. Yeah. It's just slow. Like, mm -hmm. slow. The world was slow. Right. Yeah. But, I don't know. We'll but. see. So we also watched the Eternals trailer. Um, and this one, they say final trailer. I feel like there'll be one more. Yeah. <laughs> I, with all of them. Yeah. Maybe with Eternals. I mean, not Chang-Chi. That one, I don't yeah. think is lying. <laughs> yeah, that's next week. <laughs> yeah. September 3rd. <laughs> Maybe there'll be another one. <laughs> right before. Uh, yeah, um, that's, so that's cool that that'll be out soon, too. Yeah. And um, that, this looks very different from Spider-Man or Chang-Chi. Yeah, yeah. Um, we see again a lot more of all of the characters Angelina Jolie um, Selma Hayek yeah Selma Hayek so, yeah Selma Hayek's the first one we see she's a cowboy she's, speaking of the western yeah <laughs> and she says Thanos like but we keep both of us Talos. heard Talos 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 wiped out <laughs> yeah, yes all of, I mean who is a character in the comics <laughs> who Talos Talos yeah I, I mean I'm sure that's somebody they've mined all the gods names mm -hmm. and everything everybody's somebody <laughs> I should have brought my uh, handbook of the Marvel Universe I encyclopedias I remembered who he is <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it does look like the, this one has a different tone than the other movies um, yeah a little bit darker yeah, yeah yeah like or sort of like underlying grimness 
mm-hmm. to it or bleakness, I guess. I mean, it's not going to be that bleak, not really bleak, but yeah. for a Marvel movie, it might have a different tone. Well, it looks like they might have taken a lot of stuff from the Neil Gaiman run, probably more so than the Kirby run. Um, probably mixed both of them together. Yeah. It looks like it has that feeling from it. I haven't read the Gaiman stuff. I've read the Kirby stuff. Yeah. Um, I know that the director said specifically that she did look at the Kirby stuff, but I don't know. She probably looked at all of it. Yeah. There's not that much history of Eternals. So Mm -hmm. if you're taking on that movie, I'm sure you're just reading all of it. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not like, oh, you're directing Spider-Man? You're not going to read all the (laughs) Spider-Man. No. That would be crazy. Impossible. Yeah. (laughs) I've always thought about that. Like, if you get that job, how much research do you start doing? It's like, Mm -hmm. do you go back? You got to go back. But like, I'd... I'd be daunted right. <laughs> with certain characters. Well, I'm sure you have lots of assistants to do all of your reading. Sure, <laughs> and sure. Just, you sit there and they run down all of it for you. Yeah, yeah. Just wikis, writing yeah. your own personal wikis. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, we got... Uh, it's all it, it's all just moves fast. You have to like kind of know what's going on with these trailers to even like um, jump. What is his name? I don't know the actor's name. Jon Snow, who's playing... Uh, uh, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington playing Dane Whitman, the mm-hmm. Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, you get him for like a second. Yeah, you barely even see him because it's the other guy. Oh, no, I don't remember. The other, uh, the, the brother Icarus. of Jon Snow. <laughs> oh, Icarus? Or, yeah. I don't know the actor's name, but uh, Madden? Yes. Richard Madden. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling that out of my head. Yeah. Wow. I, I pulled Kit Harrington. You <laughs> yeah. Pulled, yeah, good yeah. job. And I hey, we remember things today. I didn't today. even watch Game of Thrones. Okay. What? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Icarus. Uh, we get some uh, Icarus shooting lasers out of his eyes. Action, um, which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. Melting some deviants. Oh, um, speaking of deviants, uh, go, wait, going right back to Selma Hayek. So we talked about this a little bit in the store earlier this week too. So they. They destroy deviants. That's their job, right? They're on Earth. 7,000 years ago, they were sent to Earth. Right. Why didn't they do anything about Thanos then if he is half deviant? It makes no sense. Or part deviant or has a deviant gene or whatever the hell the explanation is. Why wouldn't they though? On Wikipedia, it literally says he's half deviant. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't know. It's all a very convenient uh, sort of thing. I think it'll be explained. Um in the movie in the movie hopefully (laughs) I mean just like these trailers this brings up the Spider-Man one but uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself but there's some stuff in that where I was like why would this happen okay gonna wait for the movie because this is a trailer alright well let's get into the Spider-Man trailer okay so Spider-Man No Way Home is that right yeah broke broke records for most watched trailer or Mm -hmm. whatever outdid um Infinity Wars trailer. Wow. End end game trailer. trailer. So it's like one of those things where it's like, if we weren't in a pandemic right now, you're looking at a contender for biggest movie of all time. Wow. I mean, as far as I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Because it's like, Endgame, right, is like this culmination thing, but like Spider Man. Spider Man's that that weird magic thing that just everyone connects to. It makes people feel like good. Yeah. You know, especially right now, I'm thinking people just want that. Yeah. That Spider Man, like. The second one didn't do as well. No, the movie, no. It also, I mean, in my opinion, wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. But this one, I think, add Doctor Strange into it. I mean, everyone loves the Cumberbatch. 
So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I love the Cumberbatch. I love Doctor Strange. He's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. I mean, I think people just connect to him in general. Uh, and yeah, so that combination, I think, is going to just be... I agree with you. It's going to be a huge hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, this in the second one, because the, basically every Spider-Man Marvel movie has been a team-up, Marvel team-up movie. It's right. like the first one, Iron Man. He's not there that much, but it's like they're, yeah. they're shoehorning Iron Man in there. That's the part that in that movie that feels weird to me. Yeah. The second one, it's Happy Hogan. Right. And it's like... That's not a draw. <laughs> no. Sorry, John Favreau. Yeah. I know you're listening. Uh, but, yeah, you're not Iron Man or Doctor Strange. Yeah. Right? And it's like, Doctor Strange, like, we're going to see weird magic. And then Peter, who is a very still grounded character despite going to space and other dimensions and all this stuff. It's like, he's a kid, you know, just from New York. Yeah. Like, and to see him interact with that stuff, people do connect with him a lot and the extraordinary things matched with him I think is like perfect and people love Tom Holland in general love him why wouldn't you I know he's great when I first saw (laughs) Civil War like I I was just like oh cool yeah Spider-Man is gonna do this whatever I'm like I got like emotional I was like that's Peter yeah that's him like it was like wow he's that's the guy I know Mm -hmm. from the comics yeah definitely uh, and so they give you a lot of teasers in this trailer too, just a lot of Easter eggs. I mean, it's a really, I think, a well-designed trailer too. Um, you know, we get some goblin references. Yeah, a uh, laugh, a laugh, a cackle. That's yeah. all you need mm-hmm. with, with a great Willem Dafoe. Yes, and of course, Doctor Octopus is in the end of the trailer. Alfred Molina, mm-hmm. bone young. chilling, looking very young. <laughs> Hello, Peter. Yeah, so we know we're gonna get a lot of multiverse stuff. Uh, opening up in this. And a million theories. A million I mean, theories. You see lightning a couple times, or in two different trailers we've seen lightning, So, and we have heard that elect- Jamie Foxx Electro is going to be in there. Yeah, it, that that's confirmed. Yeah, um, so. yeah, yeah. Um, they just haven't shown us him. Mm-hmm. I think they're focusing on the, the Raimi stuff, which definitely has bigger cultural relevance. Definitely, um, yeah. And then, you know... I've had people who just watched it say they saw Sandman in there. What? I don't know. I don't think that he's there. I don't think but Sandman, but... He could be in the movie. Be. That'd yeah. be cool, because then it'd be one guy from each Raimi movie, and Sandman was the part in Spider-Man 3 that's awesome, I think. I think he's he's cool. I don't know. We'll see. We're getting a Sinister Six movie. Yeah. Spider-Man 4 is a Sinister Six movie, no matter what. Yeah, definitely. No matter what's going to happen, yeah. that's what we're going to get. Yeah. So, who do you think the Sinister Six is going to be then? Well, you got to bring back Michael Keaton. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And then, yeah, Alfred Molina, Doc, mm-hmm. uh, Doc Ock, right. Green Goblin. Which, okay. good luck working with that guy. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> uh, he's like not a Sinister Six guy traditionally, mm-hmm. right? Like no. he's he's too crazy. He's got his own like crime sort of thing. Right. I think for the movies though, bring him in the fold that works mm-hmm. for me. Um, they laid the groundwork for Scorpion. I mean, I don't want a Scorpion, but if you can make me like Scorpion, please. Right. Um, they killed him already, so that, well, like, it doesn't matter. Everything, everything yeah, be, doesn't matter. Mysterio's dead. dead. I don't know if it would be but him. But there's two Mysterios. There's three Mysterios? How three mysterious. mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the six will be. I, I think it could go a few different ways, um, you know, because it's like, what are they going to try and make the lizard one i mean that wouldn't make sense to me but yeah i don't know 
Yeah, because a lizard is like good and bad. A he's lot of a times good, he's too. a it's a werewolf story. Yeah, lizard's a werewolf story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a nice guy who is a monster who doesn't want to be a monster. Right. But and Craven's you know, getting his own movie, right? So weird. It's so weird. We talked we talked about that last time. But he should be in the Sinister Six. Like he's one yes. of the main Sinister Six movies. Yeah. And I think if they give him his own movie, then maybe he will be in it because it is a Sony crossover, right? Yeah. So maybe would, he'll be Morbius. That would be nice. I, yeah. He's like not a bad guy either, though. No, he's, he's like not. just like a vampire guy who's kind of a jerk. The living vampire. Yes, he's alive. <laughs> I know he's alive. Oh Lord. Uh, so we also watched What If this week as well. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so it was basically What If the Avengers all died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was kind of a letdown, I thought, this week. I mean, the animation was still nice looking. Uh, but it, like, it, I thought, like, the beginning was okay. Like, when they're all, like, setting it up and, like, they were all getting offed. Yeah. But then... When you find out, like, who does it, you know... Yeah. They, spoilers, spoilers for what if, yeah. I guess. If you haven't watched it this week... For real. Some people have said they don't listen when the, the spoiler warning happens. Oh. It's like, what are you doing? Spoiler yeah, warning. So, like, yeah, spoiler, spoiler. We're going to act like you've seen it already. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Black Widow mentions to Nick Fury... Um, like, it's all about hope. It's all about hope. And first I thought, uh, first I thought she was saying Hulk... It's all about Hulk, and I was like, <laughs> Mark, I was like, is it, she's saying Hulk or Hope? And he's like, I don't know, is there a Hope in the Avengers? And I was like, I mean, there was, but yeah, hope. But why hope would she be saying it in this, because, you know, in the movies, they don't even really talk about Hope that much at all. And anyways, and I was like, I get, yeah, so Wasp, right? Um, and then, then really quickly, they just like wrap it all up again. I mean, they've done yeah. that in the other episodes, too. I didn't catch the whole Hope thing. Oh, uh, okay. But... I mean, so the first death is, uh, like, Iron Man, right? Right. And she puts some syringe in him, and then he dies, which isn't... The syringe is supposed to help him with some sort of infection or... Yeah, yeah, Whatever. Nano-infection? I don't know. The second that happened, though, at least me personally, I was like, it's Ant-Man. He's in that syringe. Like, I, <laughs> really? I just... Yeah, there's... I don't know if there's... I just was like, it's probably Ant-Man. In the syringe. Like, why else? What, what? I don't know why or that came from, but oh. I 1,000% called it. And so that, for me personally, made me just like... And then when it revealed itself, I was like, oh. I just thought that was some random thought I had. Because <laughs> it didn't... As I continued, I didn't continue to be like, oh, yeah, it's definitely... I just had that... I was like, oh, like Ant-Man in, yeah. Ant inside of a syringe. He could totally kill anybody. Right. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. And then that's what ended up happening yeah not the ant-man we know but um, yellow jacket or it was uh well it was michael douglas as yellow jacket well yeah and he does become yellow jacket in the comics yeah, too, yeah, yeah. right and like and but, he's bad and then but then it was also saying like it was his daughter which it, i mean i don't know the whole thing with his like that doesn't happen ever in the comics where he's like because he, he becomes good again in the comics like he's yeah. not a i don't know it was very annoying, like, the way they played it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wasn't a fan. Um, no. I've liked the previous two episodes of What If. Uh, the first one, pretty good. The yeah. second one, even more. But this one was, like, I put down there with, like, Thor, the Dark World, of all the, like, stuff Marvel's made. Right. In terms of, like, my enjoyment and the quality. Like, that one, this third episode, it was 
really like I, I just flat out like hated it yeah I just, um, I just didn't I didn't like it either at all it was just such a it was such a letdown of what the mystery was yeah it was just it, like yeah, Yellow Jacket is bad but he would ne- he just he's never that bad he's never tried to kill anybody in the comics yeah. like I don't know I think the what if the magic of this what if is the like the wonder that it can inspire in yeah. us of like the alternate potentials and when it's just like what if all the Avengers died and then like, I had already... I read Heroes Reborn this year. Right. Right? Which is this crossover of, like, what if there were no Avengers? And that's not the story. The story isn't, why wasn't there the Avengers? It's this whole... What's, like, spins out from there not being Avengers, which is we get a, you know, in this one, a Justice League in the Marvel Universe. Right. But it's like, I thought, when I read the synopsis of this, oh, first two minutes... We're going to have some some sort of explanation as or five minutes that all the Avengers died. And then it's like, what happens to our world without that? And it's kind of that, but it's kind of more just like a mystery of who's killing them, exactly. which I don't care about. Yeah, I don't care about that either. And when they showed, like, Captain Marvel and stuff at the end, like, I'd much rather seen, like, oh, yeah, Captain Marvel and then somebody else, whoever is taking over. Yeah, and her like, yeah. taking on greater importance because, yeah. you know, she said, what, they're like, why weren't you here? Well... There's a big universe, and they don't all have you guys. Right. So it's like, that could have been an opportunity for her to just, like, what if Captain Marvel had been on Earth? Or, you know, it could have been all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. It just didn't, it didn't have any hook for me, no. personally. Yeah. It wasn't a good what if no. at all. <laughs> no. No. I much more prefer the big, grander, like, go ballistic. Like, the Peggy Carter one was pretty, like, like it's different but it it all made sense yeah the star lord one was like wild like wild crazy shit and i'm like yes to that yeah this one was the most conservative sort of like what if we just tell a little mystery story and it's like i don't i don't know i don't know if that's what yeah it's not what what if is about like especially in the comics either at all yeah yeah there's always like a a good concept right uh but there was another story this week in comic form, and it is basically a what-if story, and it's yes. also about the Avengers dying. Yes. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and Amazing Fantasy number two came out this week. Um, Carrie. 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 Kyle and... Andrews. Yeah. Rhymes with Atari. That's what I read <laughs> on the Instagram. Oh, that's a good phonetic way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this story is... It, it, they should just do this as a what if. Because <laughs> this is way better. I'm sure. This is some wild stuff. Yeah. And it, the art is still beautiful. I mean. Frog people. Yeah. Um, the best covers in comics right now. Yeah. We, we covered the uh, issue one in, what was that, the previous episode or the one before that? It would have been the one before that. The one before that, that yeah. Um, so two episodes back, I think that would have been the podcast at the edge of time maybe i don't know i think that's the episode though if you want to hear our coverage of amazing fantasy one yeah um but yeah this is the second one it picks up um so this story is basically spider-man died black widow died when she was still in the red room Mm -hmm. and uh captain america died during world war ii right they all wake up in this fantastical sort of frazetta fantasy like island with monsters and frog people and griffins and elves and yeah. all, all this crazy stuff true fantasy okay. um and then it's just how these characters are interacting 
they're not together they're no. just interacting separately with the people of this world yeah um and a few of them have met up but yeah like you said they're all interacting differently um and like like black widow is you know they're where she is they want to make her queen yeah everyone's trying to marry uh <laughs> black widow yeah because <laughs> like i was reading about her character and it was like that was her original plan too in the when she was being trained she was meant to the guy who kills her in amazing fantasy one yeah she was betrothed to marry him yeah and then he he killed her because she like you know failed the test or whatever and then now she just comes to this new world and it's like you you're yeah. a wife again like, right and she's like god damn it yeah and i mean she the one the one that she's supposed to marry this like red guy yeah she does like save his life and stuff mm-hmm but she doesn't want to be a bride. No. <laughs> who, who can blame you? Yeah. This is not her story that she wants to tell. No. Um, and then Captain America is trying to help one of like the elf ladies in her tribe. And basically, um, she's like in a almost kind of like an Amazon tribe. It's just all women. And every time they have a boy, they are sacrificed to, to the like orcs. the orcs. Yeah. yeah. Except for this old dirty yeah who Captain America punches in the face right <laughs> um and then Spider-Man Spider-Man keeps trying to like mac on this one girl Faye who's yeah. like a super badass warrior yeah with gold skin yeah and um she like you know does some digs at him that he's like a little kid yeah. and then she goes to cat like jump on a dragon and she falls and yep. then he saves her, mm-hmm. and you know he gets a smooch and stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> thought that was that's good for you, Peter. Uh, and he's spending time with his uncle. Yeah, with Uncle Ben, who calls him a freak. Who yeah. call, or dra- he's, he's like, he's Peter. You know, Peter. The whole thing about Peter is the Uncle Ben thing, and it's like we never get to talk to Uncle Ben. He never gets to talk to Uncle Ben. When he first talks to Uncle Ben, it's like maybe your death taught me. You know, great power comes. Dressing like a freak? Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's interesting to get a perspective of what Uncle Ben would think of the whole Spider-Man thing. Right. Uncle Ben's become kind of soured, like, from living on this island. That too. I mean, to be fair, Aunt May does not like Spider-Man either. Yeah. So maybe they are just some two people who are just, like, not down with... (laughs) With the spider. Yeah. Yeah. The spider side of Peter. It's it's icky. Yeah. I guess. Uh, So, yeah, I... I really like this comic. I think it's just a fun adventure comic. It reminds me of all the old fantasy comics that Marvel used to put out. Um, And just the art's absolutely beautiful. So if you just want, like, a fun fantasy romp, this is a great one to pick up. Yeah, and uh, it's a miniseries. One out of five. Mm -hmm. And you get a very interesting reveal on the last page. A baby version of a certain character we oh, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can leave that as a mystery yes, for I people. Yes, I was going to leave that one. But the baby, mm-hmm. baby character is very, very like, whoa. <laughs> Where is this story going? Uh, next up, we have Superman 78. Um, you know, DC also did the uh, Batman 89 that last week. We yeah, we talked, yeah, we talked about that last week. Uh-huh. Or two weeks ago, um, which I did not like, but this one I liked very much. Yeah, to contrast the two, um, the Batman 89 was written by, I don't have his name written down, but the original screenplay writer of mm-hmm. 
I think he wrote the screenplay for Batman 89 yeah. mm-hmm. and then the story concept for Batman Returns. So right. that, to me, it's like, oh, a natural conclusion. But I did find that comic pretty dry, even yeah. though I so much wanted, I've always wanted to see the Billy D. Williams, Two-Face and stuff. Right. It just came across as a little more dry. Yeah. This, though, is written by, this is an original idea yeah. It was not based on some lost screenplay or whatever. Yeah. This is just a full on like new comic, but like let's continue the Donner, Richard Donner right. Superman comics. And it's written by Robert uh Venditti, Wilfredo Torres did the art, Jordi Belair is the colorist. Beautiful. Um, it looks gorgeous. Great. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. So there's a really nice little memoriam for Richard Donner in the beginning, which I really loved. Super cool, which oh. we did. You did lose Richard Donner this year. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of. T- I think it just takes place. Just I think anywhere, like after the first movie, right? Or the second or, movie, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel well, like the second it, movie came out in eighty, right? So I know that's yeah. But <laughs> that I did have. I was gonna bring that up, but it's like Batman eighty nine clearly takes place after Batman Returns. Yeah. So I just think it's like when this that series started okay that's that's how i'm looking at it i feel like the kryptonians already came to earth and then this is the escalation from there it's like the next step is brainiac right it could be i guess we'll find out as we get further into it this is a six issue series yeah um and yeah it's just it's a great just little action comic there's what i love about it is you like in these comics you don't need a ton of words to get through it right no no. You know, you just have, a, and, it, and it feels like the, the movie, too. You get a little introduction on Krypton, just a little reminder of, like, what happens, yeah. you know. We've seen it before, but it's just, but that's it's not there, repetitive, though. That's there to make us, Remember. you know, have the Brainiac connection. Yeah, exactly. And so just a little nostalgia as well. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, we get, we get to Metropolis, and... Uh, there's a, a cute little scene with Clark and Lois getting hot dogs for breakfast, and you, yeah. you get that nice uh, so little I, conversational between them. Yeah, it's it to me it maintains the charming humor of uh-huh. those Donner movies. Yes, yeah. like which they have a very specific sort of humor. Like in right. in this book, masterfully like having rewatched uh, the first one recently, like slides you right into that world the art you know it doesn't look photorealistic at all but all of the drawings do look like the actors yeah you know the guy who plays perry white i'm like that's a good caricature of that guy oh definitely i was like studying that i'm like it looks exactly like him Mm -hmm. except it's not photorealistic at all you know it's just one of those masterful comic book artist things even jimmy too there's like exactly briefly in it but it looks just like just like the actor yeah Um, and yeah, the pacing is amazing. It really is. And I do, to go bounce off what you were saying, like, I love when a writer can get out of the way mm-hmm. and just, you know, you're right, you're still writing. It's just your writing is invisible. Right. Because you're letting the art speak for itself. And I think, you know, there's a page when he first, you know, unveils, r- rips open his shirt. Clark Kent rips open his shirt to fight Brainiac. You get the Superman chest and then you get him flying. It's completely silent. And it's like a worse writer would have had some interior monologue about like I can't let someone do this to people. Right. I have to stop them because it's my duty. This yeah. is why my parents 
sent it's like no yeah. we don't need any of this no. instead it's silent and in my head i heard oh yeah exactly like and it works and yep. he just goes he you know has a, this also very good this page there's some cops shooting at brainiac yeah bouncing off his skull tink, 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 mm-hmm. and he's all low level intelligence confirmed and right. then you know superman very classic movie superman looks to me like you're the one with the thick skull right as the bullets <laughs> bounce off his head it's like okay cool yeah you know it, it if you want just a classic little superman romp yeah this is you know because there's nothing new presented here no it's just told really well yeah it's very charming mm-hmm. and yeah it's just entertaining and that's kind of what i want out of my superman uh stories because that's what superman is he should be charming and lovable and when he's clark he should be quirky and you know and that's what christopher reeve did so well you know in the first two movies we'll just ignore the the second two after that but (laughs) because that wasn't his fault wasn't his fault there's some fun stuff there but uh (laughs) but yeah how how spineless he writes clark kent is so good like Mm -hmm. just all like the risks she takes awfully dangerous it's like it's so perfect making him you know yeah knowingly you know clark being so smart to knowingly make him so like yellow belly like just like come on buddy yeah man up a little bit come on and brainiac is exactly who i wanted to see in the superman movies next you know we never got to see him we still haven't gotten to see him i I don't know why seven seven (laughs) superman movies i I don't understand why he's been in eight superman returns why didn't we see brainiac and man of steel why didn't we see brainiac like why have they just used the same characters over and over? Like, Brain, he's right Never there. Understood. Never understood. He's right there. They used him in Smallville. It's it a was perfect great. coupling <laughs> because it's like, okay, Superman, super, he's a hammer. He can smash things. Well, how about you smash a computer network that ha- can, like, reinvent itself? It's like, plus, you, you, right, you can't have Superman mowing down a bunch of people. No. But if you have a thousand Brainiac robots, mm-hmm. you get to watch him like carnage carnage which you know we really don't get to get into very much nope (laughs) speaking of carnage (laughs) let's get into count draco 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 we'll say draco yeah knuckle duster knuckle duster Duster. this is from black caravan the scouts horror sci-fi imprint um God, this comic smells so bad. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love these comics. Like they look so nice from the Black Eric Caravan imprint, but they really need to get some new ink. Give them uh, ten years in the long boxes. They'll yeah. be they'll be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that ink will settle down. Um, but yeah, this is like um, it. This is I think the second in their uh, sort of shared universe. Uh, Phantom Star Killer number mm-hmm. one came out. I don't know about six months ago or something. If I had to remember properly definitely a year ago now i think yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, i remember liking that one it's mm-hmm. fun little like uh you know sci-fi dark sci-fi adventure yeah it's all based around their toy collection yeah that they have they made these little toys like that are kind of based on like the t-man master of the universe kind of yeah, yeah Skeletor. Like, <laughs> i mean it's very 80s kids star wars G.I. Joe and He-Man action figures is what you were playing with. Yeah. Let's put them all together. Right. It's very, yeah, in that world. Um, And, I mean, the designs 
as a result, the designs of those two characters specifically is like really good. They are really good. Yeah, definitely. The colors are very bright. You know, like the world that they're in is pretty grim, but the mm -hmm. characters themselves, you know, he's Count Draco's bright purple and yellow, and then Phantom Starkiller's like baby blue and neon green yeah. and neon orange. Like, I do really, really enjoy those characters, the designs. Just Yeah, the designs them. are great. Yeah. Uh, and this is created and co created, co written, and colored by Peter Goral of Killer Bootlegs. I don't know. <laughs> and illustrated and co written by Joseph Schmulke. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and it's, you Big know, names there. It's, a, it's just a little sort of Star Wars esque, dark sci fi story. Uh, Count Draco is sort of a Darth Vader and Emperor rolled into one sort of thing. Like, yeah. The guy who started experimenting with dark magic and it corrupted him and made him into this sort of ethereal wraith thing. And then he had to use technology to, like, create a suit to house his ghost-like body. Right. And he's trying to gain immortality. So um, there's this girl who has a... All this stuff's not crazy. But this <laughs> girl, there's this girl that Phantom Starkiller uh, was supposed to bring to him who has... A heart of crypto crystalline, uh -huh. which will allow Count Draco to live forever. Right, and he's not a good dude. He's like murders a bunch of dudes very casually in yeah. this comic, like just to cast a spell. Yeah, he'll like have his people bring in two dudes, and he just puts his hands on their heads, and he's like, "Okay, I you, I sacrifice them for this spell just to like see what people are doing." Yeah. He's killing people left and right. Oh, yeah. for he's just knowledge. a he's just a murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a murdering space tyrant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's if any of these things that we're talking about sound entertaining, that's yeah. this is the comic to get into. Yeah, and I I thought it was fun too. It is a little wordy, like yes. with the with gobbled, story, the gobbledygook. The like, gobbledygook say, stuff. Yeah, it doesn't need to have all of the narration that it does no. like to get to that story yeah like it, i found myself like drifting off at some points being like what yes there's a lot of like you know it's both i get what they're, they're going for with it where it's like you want your world to feel lived in and mm -hmm. in their world i'm sure everyone knows what the juice of ramanusia is right. and stuff right. but like all these things but it's like it does sort of push me away when I'm trying to read it, getting all this, like, strange word usage and stuff. And you, you can be really strategic with that and, I, and be very effective, but I right. think there was that, if I had to have a complaint here, it's, there's a little bit too much of that. It does push me away. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, am I supposed to know what this is already? Or is this yeah. the first time you're mentioning it? Like, I, <laughs> there was a, a lot of that. A, a, too much description at certain points. Yeah, I, I, I think the story, there's enough here that it can it can hold itself up without as much description. Right. I yeah. think by the time you get to, like, the middle of the comic, that it starts to fade out from that. And then I was like, okay, now I'm on board. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like there's a lot of action at that point, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, We're, by the time they get to like the battling, uh, cyborgs, dark magic, yeah, spaceships, yeah, an orphan, magic-powered child. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got all of the good points to it. Just uh, a little editing, probably. Yeah, is what this comic needs. Well, they're continuing, and they mm -hmm. got a vice admiral Acker. 
uh, comic coming out. Yeah, that's the next part of this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's he briefly pops up and what injects something into somebody or does something. Yeah. He he, he pops up in here very briefly, but uh, it looks like yeah, that'll be the third in this uh, little series that they're doing and. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want some comes out in twenty twenty two. Yeah, if you if you liked the you know the profit uh, reboot that they did or um, what like Star Ride Space Riders. Oh, Space Riders, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you're like anything Alexis Zirit, uh, this is a comic to to check out for sure. If you're into that vibe. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so this next comic came out last week. Um, this is uh, from Boom Comics, uh, Eat the Rich, number one, by Sarah Gailey and Pius Buck. I hope Buck. I hope I'm saying that right. And colored by Roman Titov. Lots of fun names again in this one. Uh, these are all newcomers to the comic scene. Uh, Sarah Gailey is a uh, Hugo Award-winning author, though. Oh, okay. Um, novelist? Novelist, yeah. Okay. Um, so... I mean, I really like this book, though I will preface saying that there seems to be, like, a trend in movies right now, um, like, starting out, I would say, with, like, Jordan Peele's Get Out, yeah. and then moving along to, like, Ready or Not, okay. and now there's a show on Shudder as well called Slasher, and they all have this common theme of, like, someone go or, like, you know, maybe a poor person or, like, regular person has, like, a rich partner, and they go to their house... Yeah. And, or a family affair of some sort and then some dark secret comes out and they either get hunted or you know something <laughs> yeah. along those lines right it, it is at this point very familiar concept right and uh though i haven't seen those other ones uh-huh. i mean when i read this i was like this is just like a different version of get out right uh, approaching a different thing like basically you know if get out's about race uh this one's just about class right? i mean yeah, yeah which is what us was about but th- yeah. yeah this is very much about class like yeah. ex- so it's kind of yeah exploring that through that sort of yeah like take being brought into a world you're not familiar with mm-hmm. this being s- uber rich people who live on the beach <laughs> so ready or not is that oh, okay. uh, to a t it's really okay. good too if you haven't seen it uh samara weaving is the star of that um, yeah, because this this was told very well. Mm-hmm. It's told clearly. It looks good. Yeah, the art is great. I, uh, this is a new artist I have not seen before. And I was like, who is this artist? And can I hire them? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the, the pacing is, mm-hmm. like, good. It's just that the concept itself I found derivative. I mean, even down to, like, don't they talk about it? There's a scene where she, like, tries to ask one of the help yeah. to help them. And it's like. She, like, gets, like, they're going to eat you alive. You don't right. ask the help for help. And, like, I feel like there was something like that in Get Out, too, where he, like, tries to connect with the maid. And yeah. she's, it's like, no, you're not supposed to, like. Yeah. It's just, I've seen this sort of thing before. It's kind of a. Right. There is, yeah, there is that. But she does pace it really, really yeah. well. And, like, the language she uses, like, I felt connected to that. Like, being in situations like that. Like. You know, she just she she did that all very. It was very honest, I would say. Not um, that kind of girl, right? Exactly. There, <laughs> yeah, her, there's a, a moment where her her boyfriend, uh, like her her 
her boyfriend's dad asks her what drink she wants and then rather than letting her you know speak her boyfriend who we're made to think is from this world but different than them of course yeah <laughs> um, we've learned by he, being out of it for a while he speaks for her and he's like she's yeah. not that kind of girl it was just yeah. a good moment um mm-hmm. with the boyfriend though i did i thought it was interesting like in terms of storytelling so we we get at the beginning them driving into his world and then it's like oh this guy's this rich like asshole okay why is she with this guy that's like what i'm thinking yeah. and then they give you the issue of his drinking problem right as a pretty i mean effective storytelling but i was like aware of it i'm like oh you have a drinking problem i'm on your side now right oh you don't want to go there either oh okay conveniently I'm on your side now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he was an alcoholic and then she, she, it's definitely that story of like, oh, she's helped him get through this yeah. problem that they've been in, in on it together and now he doesn't want to go back to hit this world because that's where it all started. Yeah. So she's been the fixer in the situation. Yeah. yeah where a lot, absolutely. you know, a lot of people, especially women can connect to that. Um, so... Yeah, and it, it, like I said, this the pacing is really good. It moves along like it's very snappy dialogue. Yeah, um, which that's a lot of problems that I've been having with a lot of these comics recently. That's where you get lost is the dialogue where it, like it doesn't feel real. Yeah. Um, and this and this does. It feels like when especially when you're at the party, like that's where I got lost in it uh, in a good way. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I started to feel like kind of ill a little bit. Yeah, just like and mm-hmm. it wasn't. So, I mean, spoiler, it's called Eat the Rich. Right. <laughs> I mean, that also, it's like, I like the analogy, but it's also not the most original analogy of the rich being cannibals because, you know, being a rich person, you're basically feeding off of the poor. Right. And so, so it's like making that a literal thing. It's like, that's not the most original concept. Where this goes, where they can take it, I'm interested, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and there is some good storytelling, like subtleties that, you know, a worse right there's a you know a scene where the little a little kid finds like a jawbone on the beach mm-hmm. a worse writer would have brought attention to that immediately or had someone flip out or something and it no one seems to notice yeah in this <laughs> and it's like and no words are spoken about it so you just if you're not paying attention yeah, you could miss it. You could miss it. Exactly. And I did, I was like, nothing, nothing's happening. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> he's just but, picking up this jawbone. And, and that was great. That's yeah, a, yeah that's it a positive. It yeah. makes it more frightening that this world is so complacent with right. this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, at the end, they're, they're having a party for a, some, a groundskeeper who's retiring. Yeah. And then at the end, they just. Quote, unquote, retiring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a Soylent Green sort of way where, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they just hack him apart and beat him and start burning him at the end and yeah. it's like to be to be continued continued yeah so it'll be interesting where they take it is it gonna be like just straight up cannibalism is it witchcraft like is, are they doing this like to gain some kind of like other riches like or do they that's sure. what they think yeah so mystical I am mystical elements right exactly who knows? yeah so I am I am interested I definitely will read the second issue um hopefully they do take it further and it's not just like yeah. another straight up copy from one of these movies that we've seen recently. Sure. So. I mean, it's going to be hard to top, uh, you know, old white people stealing black people's bodies right. to gain immortality. <laughs> yes, it's going to be pretty hard to top that one because that was pretty cool. But, yeah. Uh, well, you should and you should see Ready or Not to. Yeah, uh, yeah. That one's actually really good as well. All right, let's move right along to 
uh, Echo Lands. Just wow. Yeah, <laughs> this is this, pretty I mean, amazing. Let's start with you should go pick this book up. Yeah, definitely. Like, get Echo Lands. <laughs> this sort of thing does not come out. Mm-mm. I mean, and we'll talk. We'll get into that. But like, this is a, this has been a long time coming. This project. Yeah. And this sort of thing does not emerge very no. often. This is a rare treat. So this is J.H. Williams, um, number one from Image Comics. Uh, so he does pretty much the art, the art and design. Dave Stewart colored it. Uh, Todd Klein does the letters. Um, and He co-wrote with uh, W. Hayden Blackman. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, J.H. Williams. So J.H. Williams and uh, Blackman are the co-creators and co-writers. Right. And then J.H. Williams did all the art and design. And this mm-hmm. is from a character he had, a character in a world he had conceived of, I think, when he was a kid. Yeah. Um. So, and then they've specifically been talking about this project, I think, trying to get it off the ground for like 15 years. Yeah. Um. um and it, it's... It's just one of the most beautiful comics ever, too. No, ever. It's, I mean, it's the most beautiful comic of the year, and nothing else that comes out this year will top this, except for maybe issue two of this. Yeah. You know, or something, right. but, like, this is astonishing looking. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, if you ever... Landscape. Yeah, it's landscape, which at first I was like, oh, no, a landscape comic. But luckily they did it uh, not like how um, Brian... Brian K. Vaughn did his landscape Oh, that comic. was like two landscapes. Yeah, that was like... That was very wide. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just a regular comic book format, yeah. but, you know, where the staples are on where what would be the top. Right. You know, it, it, it mm-hmm. is, it'll fit in your long box exactly yes. perfect. Exactly. Which I think is a, why, if you're going to do this sort of thing, you got to make it somewhat normalized. Yeah. Um, and it's like a fairy tale. It's yeah. what it is. Uh, We're full on thrust into this world. Um, this is not a comic you just read once and you're like, got it. Right. Like, there, <laughs> this is like, you got to go back and pour over what is going on and all the deep, like, because the art, it is a dense, dense book mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. Like, no, 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 not at all. Like, I almost am like, this is like, like a great piece of literature that I have in my hands. Yeah. And, it- and it's great too because it's not wordy in any no at all no and yeah that's not what I mean by dense yeah. it's just there's like not that much happens in this issue no but every frame is packed full of stuff oh yeah and you want to like understand what's going on and there's things that are hinted in a way that you know maybe we were a little critical of the stuff in um count draco with like the world building trying to make the world feel lived in right this does that and while i still don't understand yeah what's going on mm-hmm. it begs me to like reread and like try and like decipher things i don't know it's, it's a very interesting sort of thing that i'm having these reactions from it right and like so the main character is red and even on like the second page you can like see so many things that are happening in this world that or second sorry third page fourth page fourth page um it, we're in like san francisco as you can see like the wharf of san francisco um With maybe like, is that where we are it's a it, it's a fantasy world right yeah so like in their world things are continuously shifting they, right. they have some comment where it's like 
these streets don't maintain their shape for more than two weeks. Right. We have characters of, like, I don't know, five different art styles. Like, yeah. people painted in color, people painted in black and white, someone who has, like, classic comic book dots on them. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, like, more modern comic book art. Yeah. We also have, like, I can see Sandman back there. Yeah. I can see that drain. Oh, there's definitely hints and details and all. I, I This guy looks kind of like Nemo from, yeah. like, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, you could just sit here and pick out characters probably from different comics for hours. <laughs> and it really is, like, there's just so much. Yeah, there's so much happening. Um so like I said, it's it's or I said earlier, this is definitely like a it's gonna be like a classic fairy tale at some at some point is what I think this book is turning into. She is I think Little Red Riding Hood or yeah, basically Hope. Hope. Um Little Red Riding Hood, if Little Red Riding Hood could, could blow up yeah, dudes, bird murder people. Blow up fascist <laughs> cop faces. Yeah. You get a double page which is, you know, the light widest landscape panel you can have of like these Nazi fascist dudes heads exploding. Yeah. Not Nazis, you know, Nazi like. Nazi like, Na yeah. Nazi yes. Mm -hmm. And then you you also have a very like magic dark lord figure. Yeah, and it's this person who's trying to capture her or what she has stolen, right? Very scary. Yeah. Um so just go basically go out and buy this book. Uh, we have lots of copies. If you can't get it from us, get it from someplace else. <laughs> yeah, get, get this book. I mean, this is like some one one once every decade sort of comic sort of thing. There's also some fun stuff in the back. J.H. Uh, Williams gives you a really nice afterword about how he came to coming up with the comic. Um, there's like cute little ads in the back, like fake ads. Yeah, um, there's an interview in-world with the, like, Taros Demont, who's, like, the leader of this world, and you get, like, a sort of, we don't know this character yet, but yeah. we will, right. and with this interview, we're able to, like, glean some of, it's more world-building, but in, like, a really cool yeah. sort of way. Um, and a playlist. Yeah, which, <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Love someone with some... Well, this is good musical taste, but also very diverse musical taste. Yeah. Um, yeah, everywhere from David Bowie to Mastodon. Um, yeah, yeah. Yodorowsky's <laughs> White Stripes, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Ennio Morricone. Funkadelic. Yeah. So, Joke, Jay Motorhead. Want to hang out with J.H. Williams. Yeah. Uh, he lives not far from us, so we've been trying to get him to do a signing for years. <laughs> Maybe well, one day yeah. we'll get come him. Come on in. Yeah, come on four, in, please. Four pages come sign of, our books. Uh, yeah. of uh, a musical, you know. This really is, like like I said, literature, but it, it really does, especially with the backup material mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It makes this feel like, you know, the, some, a work bigger than just a floppy comic book. Yeah, definitely. So we're excited about issue two. Come by that. Oh, yeah. Uh, quick news. Um, and then we'll... Well, we were going to take a break, but now I don't think that's going to happen. Um, uh, this is pretty entertaining. So Scarlett Johansson has reportedly been approached by Warner Brothers 
for Ooh. a DC role because she is done with Disney. Seemed like it. Yeah, um, or Disney's done with her now too. So because of the impending lawsuits. Also that yeah, that yeah. whole thing is a quagmire. Yeah. Of just all sort. I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks like. Scarlet absolutely has a lot of reason for all this, and Disney is just like not handling no. any of this very well. Not at all. At all. Like, I mean, the the big glaring thing to me was like responding to her lawsuit with like you know because she didn't get money from uh, as much money from because Black it Widow. had a yeah. because it had a joint release. Yeah. And then them being like very snarky, like did Miss Johansson forget that there's a pandemic going on and then like one week later literally revealing shang chi will be only in theaters so which is it disney yeah exactly. is it not a good time because it's a pandemic yeah. or do you want people to go to the theaters right and it looked, it's they're giving it a 45 day release yeah which all yeah. this i think is is yeah. fair and it should be i mean something akin to that should be a standard yeah where there's a certain time period and then yeah this isn't the the day and age where it's like you get your VHS, you know, nine months after the movie came no. out. It's like, no, we, that doesn't work now. But, you know, a month, a month and a half, two months. Yeah. Then you get your streaming. That works for me. Right. Uh, so, yeah, DC has approached her. Wow. Uh, and she is interested, apparently. They couldn't comment on what role it is yet. Um, but... We have some guesses. So it's definitely going to be like her own movie. Mm -hmm. because Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be a Scarlett Johansson starring vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have some guesses. Let's see what you think. I think it's either going to be uh, maybe Power Girl. But oh. that would be weird at the same time because of the background of Power Girl, obviously. I don't know anything about know. the character except for that she has a very interesting outfit. Yes, there is that. The square <laughs> cutout would be weird yeah. too at this point. But well, well. It, uh, it's Warner Brothers. They're doing. They're doing. They're, they're trying to push the envelope <laughs> they want to push now. It. Yeah, no. I know. Uh, I mean, Catwoman. Obviously, they wouldn't want to do a spinoff for that. But they have the new Batman movie coming out. Yeah, I mean, I do think it does seem like. Thankfully, that Warner Brothers is opening it up and allowing their stuff to just not be this one universe. Thing, right. Which is, I think, is great. I mean, if Robert Pattinson, Batman, wants to meet somebody else in the DC universe, fine. But he also doesn't need to. Right. And then Ben Affleck can still be in a Flash movie. I'm fine with it. You yeah. know, like, give me all the different versions. Yeah, once they do Flashpoint, they'll have the multiverse open. Yeah. So, so you could have, but I mean, I just say that to be like, you could have two Catwomen. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I also think they could do a Soldo Poison Ivy movie. No, that would be great. That would be awesome. If that's it, that yeah. would be it. Because you have, and you have Margot Harley. Robbie. Yeah, exactly. Who's been like, what are we doing? Yeah. Bring this storyline in. Mm -hmm. I think Scarlett Johansson would be an amazing Poison Ivy. Me too. That's my favorite choice. Wow. Yeah. So those are my three top choices. And then, well, and then my, actually, I have one more. And then Zatanna, I also think would be great be as well. Because um, they've been trying to do this Justice League Dark movie forever, but this has not been able to kick off. So they could do a Zatanna solo movie and then right into a Justice League Dark movie. But I don't know yeah. if she wants to be part of another, like, you know, team, uh, team thing. thing. Yeah. But that would be fun as well. Because they could do whole magic, bring the magic into the DCU. 
interesting. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about any of this b- before right now. Yeah. So I don't really have any other suggestions. And I am I think you nailed it with the Poison Ivy yeah. one. That That's one makes favorite. the most sense, right? Because yeah. it's like, look, Scarlett Johansson is a major sex symbol. She's known for right. all of this. Poison Ivy is like that seductress type character but right. better like she's yeah. not the enchantress no which is like whatever this is she's like this next level because she also has like purpose mm-hmm. to all of that with you know protecting the plants exactly we can all get on board with that but it's like oh i don't know if killing people but also i support what you're you yeah know. and it's good for right now too with the environment being what it is huge, too huge yeah huge so like, they could double back on that and be like well i'm saving the planet murder and yeah. saving the planet and add harley too yes yeah, so yeah they, could oh, go, they could have a harley road trip <laughs> it could be good for the environment and queer representation exactly because i mean everybody wants to see uh harley and poison ivy's you know I, that romance or yeah. whatever you it is just play out and see that sort of thing and yeah. to have I mean because we talked about Suicide Squad like Margot Robbie just kills is it. made yeah. to play or Harley Quinn the character was made for Margot, Margot Robbie, Robbie. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, rarely in any of these movies have we gotten someone who is like paired as well with that character she is bigger than Suicide Squad Definitely. She, she like sticks out like a sore thumb in a good movie mm-hmm. as something transcendent sort of and it's like if you can get that and i think scarlet has that like she could play a jerk real well oh, yeah. she can like be snarky mm-hmm. you know which is like how i interpret poison ivy is like she's like above it all kind of in a way yeah and we haven't gotten a good poison ivy yet either we've no, only it wasn't seen... fault. And it wasn't her fault and now with like special effects for what it is too and and practical effects too just to have like a really nice costume in general just for poison ivy would be great to see yeah the costume so. i mean uh she's had red hair before so it would work <laughs> she, <laughs> she can looks, pull off the red she, hair she can pull it off <laughs> she can do it <laughs> no that i'd be down that'd be awesome and then lastly just uh on movies to recommend and not to recommend nobody watch reminiscence on hbo max it's terrible oh no uh basically it's written written and directed by lisa joy who is the wife of uh jonathan nolan who's christopher nolan's brother and they also um do westworld together that's why i thought it was gonna be good they're like from the writer and director of westworld and i was like oh that's good gotta be good then right now yeah great yeah i mean he's fine he's not the best actor let's be real like he's not like an academy award-winning actor or anything like he's he's fine fine. (laughs) i know that is not a response (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait to see him dance in this movie i would love to see him dance in more movies oh my god well this is like it looks like blade runner you know it even has like that story like it's supposed to be like a noir mm-hmm. like future noir it's about memory yeah that yeah see i i haven't i haven't seen the movie but the trailer i thought of the fountain also hugh jackman i fucking hate that movie oh, I, 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 I like that movie uh but it's like that's hugh jackman yeah. reliving past lives right in like three different lives or something like that yeah it's like that pretty much it's like a cross between that memento and 
Nights, which makes sense because obviously Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Minority Report, a little bit of that thrown in as well. Okay. And it's just like all had a baby, but then it's ugh, it's directed so poorly. Like you think I, I didn't realize it was Lisa Joy who wrote it. I thought it was I don't know. I didn't know it was a woman. Let's just put it that way. Because after I was watching it, I felt so bad for these women characters. Like, they do not pass the Bechdel test. It's oh. like there could just be a lamp sitting there <laughs> and the men just, like, walking over them the entire time. Interesting. It's really disappointing. Um, Especially coming from a female filmmaker. That's what I mean. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and then the dialogue. We were just talking about how we read some comics with such great, strong dialogue. This is probably the poorest dialogue I have seen in a movie in a long time. And I watch some bad horror movies. <laughs> this is terrible. Dang. It's just like Hugh Jackman, you know, doing the, the classic, like, noir narration oh, over... Which it. is... That's tough. It is tough. If it's not 1946, right. it's pretty tough. And that's what she's going for. And this is just drivel. Yeah. And it's hard to watch. Well, so I look forward to the director's cut version where they get rid of all the <laughs> narration just like Blade Runner because you know right. of course the narration's there because the studio forced it yeah that, that's not true I'm just kidding no <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch that 20 times over than ever watch this again yeah <laughs> so yeah. Uh, don't watch Reminiscence <laughs> uh, right. do watch uh, Dr. Death on Peacock uh, yeah, this is a great show with Christian Slater, Alec Baldwin, and Joshua Jackson from uh, Dawson's Creek fame. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, but he is fantastic. He plays uh, Dr. Dunch, who this is all based on true events. Um, okay. And he plays a neurosurgeon who maimed and killed over, I think, 20, 20 to 30 patients in real life back in 2012 to 2014. Oh. Yeah. It is brutal. Okay. But fantastic. The show's fantastic, but brutal. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Also, uh, was it Cherry, brand new Cherry Flavor on Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, this show is like if David Lynch and David Cronenberg had a baby. I, I would raise that baby. Yeah. Wow. Raised this baby and made this show on Netflix. This Whoa. is fantastic. Okay. Highly recommend. I think it's a just a short series or uh, mini series on Netflix. Yeah. Watch the show. It's fantastic. Okay. Yep. Uh, those are my recs for the week. I, I love those Davids. So yeah. You sold me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Um, right? Do you have anything else? No. Just going to do our plugs and oh, yeah, do our plugs. head out. Cool. Plug away. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Robert Negoesco, R-O-B-E-R-T underscore N-E-G-O-E-S-C-O. That's where I post all my comics work. Mm-hmm. Find me at Jessa Belboni on all of the things, Instagram, Twitter, and well, that's everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The social media stuff. The social media. And that's right. J-E-S-S-A-B-A-L B-O-N-I. I can spell. It's your name, right? Yeah. I'm dyslexic. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard. Well, uh, all right. Go get some comics, everybody. Read some good books. Watch some good stuff. Mm-hmm. But most of all, escape, escape into, into comics. comics. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.